This is another message from Glory City Church by Pastor Catherine Renala. For more information, go to glorycitychurch.com.au. Hallelujah. Are you happy? Ah, that's wonderful. If you're not, you can actually choose to be. It's true. It's true. It's a truth I've learned. You know, happiness isn't something, a feeling. It's a choice. Hallelujah. Where we choose to give thanks. We choose to enter into the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength and is not something that happens randomly. It's something we can actually live in by faith. Hallelujah. Because he is good and he is faithful. Wonderful Jesus. So let me pray. Father, you are so good. You're so kind. And Lord, I worship you and honor you and give you praise. Lord, thank you for your kindness. Father, I'm asking, Lord, that you give us ears to hear and eyes to uh, see what you are saying. Lord, that you would bless us. Lord, awaken us to truth. Spirit of truth, Lord, we ask that you would enlighten the eyes of our understanding and the knowledge of you. Lord, that we would truly encounter you in fresh ways. Lord, that we would understand and know the hope of our calling, the riches of your glorious inheritance in us, the saints, and the greatness of the power toward us who believe. Father, I ask, Lord, that we would not aimlessly drift through life, but, Lord, that you would give us wisdom and understanding in our purpose, Lord God, the hope of our calling. Lord, that we would understand who we are, that we would know who you are so we could understand who we are, that your name might be made great through us. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Well, hallelujah. I was, I've been sharing for the last couple of uh, weeks, and um, I'm happy m- nearly every Sunday through uh, January, other than January 10 when um, Tracy Armstrong's with us, I'll be able to be with you on Sundays. And, um, but I've been talking a little bit about uh, Elijah. And Elijah, you know the story, he had the encounter uh, with the prophets of Baal. And he, he had this a major face-off with them and said, The God who answers by fire, he is God. And, and uh, it was incredible the way the Lord just showed up and he licked up the fire in the, in the trench, the, the water in the trench with fire and consumed the sacrifice and uh, the prophets of Baal were destroyed. It was this incredible victory. But straight after that victory, he was intimidated. The, um, the enemy came in, Jezebel said, I'm going to kill you. And suddenly this great man of God who just faced off with all these prophets of Baal is running for his life and telling God, I want to die. You know, it's a strange thing, but the enemy seeks to try and overwhelm us to the point that we can't see the victories. All we can see is the trouble and the intimidation. Now, sometimes when, when you've got one thing coming and then another thing and another thing, you might have some victories, but when, when things start to come and they seem to keep coming, as a human, you can get to the point where you go, Ah, why is this always happening to me? I'm over this so done. I'm just done. 
And some people get to the point where they go, they fall into depression without even realizing what they're in. They start to fantasize about like, oh, I just want to leave and go away. What could I do? I, maybe I could change countries or I could go somewhere else. Because whatever is in them is, is not coping with, with what's going on around them. Or it can get to an extreme place where you begin to go, I just wish I wasn't alive. That is actually something that so many people experience at some point in their life. And the enemy works hard to try and set you up, to look at the circumstances, to get you feeling so overwhelmed that the very next little thing can be the straw that breaks the camel's back. But that's why I believe it's so important we live a life of thankfulness. We live a life where we are deliberately focusing on the good things, the things that God is doing. Amen. I wanted to share with you today um, from a, uh, a, a story in Genesis chapter 32, if you want to turn there with me. I did this. Um, I felt to go here because I was talking with my friend Adam Thompson uh, this morning. He had his released a, a prophetic word that I put out on the uh, Australian Prophetic Council Facebook page uh, tonight. And I'll, I'll just read it to you. He had this encounter on uh, Christmas Day. He says, In the early hours of this morning, 25th of December, I had an angel encounter. I asked the Lord to speak to me whilst I was on the couch. And at around 12.30 a.m., the angel of the Lord came to me. It was a very intense angel with an attitude of no nonsense. He said to me, you're having an upgrade. The angel then gave a kind of disc, which looks like a little wristwatch battery. I believe something big is coming, and it's a time to take seriously the destiny God has given us. I've been saying lately there will be darkness before a world revival. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the people. But the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you, Isaiah 60 verse 2. But are you ready for a huge blessing coming? An upgrade is an equipping for an expansion of a whole new dimension in ministry for the reign of Christ's power. And I was, I was talking to him about this this morning. And he shared with me, and, and I have his permission to share this with you. He said he's just been going through a, a few weeks, and, and Todd Weatherly as well, uh, where they were just feeling so overwhelmed by by just... It was like a spiritual oppression that they, that even though everything was going really well, they were feeling like quitting and giving up. Just like, I just want to give up. I thought that's very, that's very unusual because it's happening not just with a few people. I've seen quite a few people in the same position where they're just feeling, whoa, what's going on? And I believe the word of the Lord is that he is, the enemy is terrified of what is about to be released. He, I believe we are coming into a, not just like an upgrade, we are coming into a whole new level of authority and awareness of the destiny that this is, we're coming into the time where people are going to rise up and understand. They're going to begin to recognize that they are the sons and daughters of God. All of creation's been groaning for this time, waiting for the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. And I believe as we come into fuller awareness of who God is and who we are in him, there is an arising happening. Hallelujah. Arise, shine, for the light has come. And it's a, I believe it's a new level of authority. 
But as I was talking to him about this, I began to um, uh, just think about Jacob and Esau. And interestingly, Adam said that he's been wrestling for a couple of nights in his dreams, actually wrestling with angels. And, um, and so I was talking to him about Jacob and Esau, and I, and I felt to share this with you today. Um, uh, verse, uh, chapter 32, Jacob was on his way. He had just come away from, um, a difficult encounter with Laban and they'd sort of, he'd managed to get his way around that and they'd, they'd, he'd come through that. And then the next thing was he heard that Esau was coming with 400 men. The messengers came to him. It says, verse 6, We came to your brother Esau, and he is also coming to meet you, and 400 men are with him. So Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed, and he divided the people that were with him, the flocks and the herds and the camels, into two companies. Now, there's times where things can happen, and you've been through one thing, then another thing, and then another thing, and then it can feel like, I'm just greatly afraid and distressed. Being in that place is not necessarily a bad thing if you know how to respond. And Jacob had had many supernatural encounters uh, around him. He'd had encounters with angels. He'd, had, uh, he'd seen amazing things happen, uh, supernatural things happen. But it was at this point that Jacob actually came to know God personally. He was no, he, he, through an encounter with God, he came to understand God as his God, not just the God of his fathers. If we read on, uh, you can see that he, he stayed overnight, sent his family on, and he prayed. Uh, verse 10 or verse 9. Oh, God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac. You see, at this stage, he's saying, Okay, God, who is the God of my father, and he's not praying to God who he knows personally. He's saying, okay, God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, the Lord who said to me, return to your country and to your family and I will deal with you. I'm not worthy of the least of all the mercies and all the truth which you've shown your servant. For I crossed over this Jordan with my staff and now I have become two companies. Deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my brother and from the hand of Esau, for I fear him lest he come and attack me and the mother with the children. For you said, I will surely treat you well and make your descendants as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered in multitude. So he lodged there that same night and took what came to his hand as a present for Esau, his brother. 200 female goats and 20 male goats. He, he laid it on really thick, got it all prepared. for oh, Maybe we'll do something here. And skipping down, uh, he arose that night, verse 22, and took his two wives, his two female servants, his 11 sons, and crossed over the ford of Jabbok. Then he, he took them, sent them over the brook, and sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now, when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. He said to him, what is your name? He said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, why is it that you ask me about my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved.
Such an interesting story. In a dream that night, Jacob is wrestling with God. He is wrestling and wrestling and wrestling. And he, he continues to wrestle until it starts to be daybreak. Jacob was in a desperate place. And he, he was aware of God, the God of his father, Jacob, the, the, uh, the God of the fa his father, Isaac. He was aware of the God of Abraham. But now he was, he was having an encounter, a wrestle with God himself personally. And he came to the place where God touched him on the hip, I believe, to make him aware that he no longer was able to do this in his own strength. There comes a time, thank you, Lord, for the rain. Lord, I pray that you bless the drought-stricken areas. Everybody said, amen. He came to the place where he could no longer do it in his physical strength. You know, when you get to the place where you go, I can't do this anymore. I can't handle it anymore. God wants to show you that it's not your strength that's required. What happened when he came to the end of himself and he was no longer able to do it in that in that um, in his physical strength, God changed his name. He said, "What's your name?" And he went, "I'm Jacob." Jacob means deceiver, usurper. You know, we've all got to come to the place where we recognize. Thank you, Lord, for the rain. Where we recognize. In myself, that's who I was. But when we come to know God personally, he gives us a brand new name. And instead of Jacob the deceiver, God said, you are Prince of God. You see, in order for us to be able to go into the new place of authority and breakthrough, we need to recognize that we are no longer who we used to be. We need to have a, a thorough revelation that though I might have been that person before, that's not who I am anymore. Now, because it's no longer me, no longer my strength, hallelujah, I am a new creation. I am now royalty in the house of God. Uh, it's no longer about me. When I feel like I can't handle it anymore, I can't do it anymore, thank God I don't have to do it anymore because it's not about me. Now it's all about him. When you get to the place where you think, I can't do it anymore, that's the place God wants to remind you that you are no longer Jacob, you are now Israel. You are no longer Catherine, you are now daughter of the Most High God. It, you are no longer Sarah, as he is, so are you in this world. Because in him I can do all things. In myself, I can do nothing. And God's looking for us, I believe, to come into such fresh revelation of the truth of who he is and who we are, that we would not give up, that we would wrestle until we get breakthrough. We would wrestle until we start to see the sun rising out of the darkness. If you're finding yourself in a really dark night and you're having a big pity party where you're going, one thing after another, after another, after another, you said, you promised, and I don't see anything happening. God says, don't give up. Keep struggling. Keep, keep holding fast to the promise. Start to remind him of the promises of God and allow him to remind you the truth that you're not doing this in your own strength, but he is your strength. Hallelujah. It was from this time on that God began to make Jacob's enemies live at peace with him. 
It was from this time on that everybody knew Jacob by a different name. God is, I believe, bringing his bride, his beautiful church into a new place. I've had two dreams over the last two nights. And when I have consecutive dreams, I'd like to pay attention. And it was unusual. The first, um, so not last night, the night before, I had a dream about a lady um, and she was having an adulterous affair and she was trying to explain to me why it was okay. And this lady's name was a metaphor for the church. When I prayed about it the next morning, it was clear. Then last night I had another dream and this time it was about a man and he had two wives and he was trying to explain to me why it was okay for him to have two wives. And I was thinking to myself, but in both times, in both dreams, I'm thinking to myself as they're desperately trying to explain to me why it's okay. I'm thinking to myself, how could they be so deceived? And two dreams in two nights about the same theme makes me pay attention. And I was talking again to Adam about this this morning on, uh, and, um, You know, I believe the Lord is saying something across the board. He was saying the very, very similar words are coming out uh, in their church down in Adelaide. And that is that the church, the bride of Christ, and and interestingly, the dream last night, the man in the dream was uh, another clear metaphor for the church. And it was a clear word from God, I believe, of us being given an invitation to begin to, to come out from among them and be separate. It was a clear revelation, I believe, for the church to wake up and choose this day who they will serve. You know, he sets before us life and death. Choose life, he says. It's the best way. But when we, as, a, as, as the bride of Christ, are messing around, uh, you know, the Bible says friendship with the world is enmity with God. It doesn't mean that we're not the friend of sinners. It's not, it doesn't mean that we're out there leading people to Jesus, loving people. But God is looking for our heart. It's got to be singular. It's got to be for him. The Bible talks about uh, the, the bride having dove's eyes. You know, a dove doesn't have any peripheral vision. A dove can only see what it's looking at. And that's how the bride is described. My darling, my beloved, you have dove's eyes. That is, you have eyes that are only for me. And I believe that as a church, the Lord is trying to speak to us, that there are many people who've been in discouragement. There have been many people who've been overwhelmed by all sorts of things. And the enemy is coming in with temptations that say, you know, just be, be kind to yourself. Do you, you deserve this? Do this. Have this. You know, and it's compromise that I believe will bring people into a place of deception where they, instead of struggling, uh, Lord, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me, they end up just floating through life and getting into deception. I believe that we are coming into a window of opportunity like we have never seen before. I can feel it in the spirit. There is something, there is so much favor about to be released. There is so much opportunity. There are spiritual gifts being poured out like we have not even yet imagined that are available to us to bring the glory of the Lord, to to see his name magnified and lifted up. Many are being called and the enemy is running around going, don't choose that. Just look, have a bit of this, have a bit of that. Look after yourself. 
And God's saying, I want to see who you were and what you were absolutely annihilated because what I have is completely glorious. No longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in us. Not by, oh yeah, I like that. That's good. Yes, I'll have that. And I'll also have the world. Actually going, I'm making a decision. I'm coming to the place where I'm crossing over. I'm not even going to be known by that name or that identity anymore. I am going to embrace and say, yes, you are not the God of my father or, or my grand, just the God of my father or my grandfather. You are my God and it's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. I reckon myself dead today as you are. So am I in this world. Therefore, I have Christ's capacity. I have Christ's motivation. I have Christ's uh, desire. I, I live for him. I no longer live by the lust of the eyes. You know, I watch and I see sometimes um, people watching advertisements or, or um, you can see something on television or someone talks about something and immediately they're like, I want that. I want that. That's the power of advertising, right? But we are not called to be led by the lust of the eyes. Oh, yeah, I want that. Give me that. Give me that. Give me that. We are called. To recognize, no, it's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. What does my spirit want? Hallelujah. He gives us the desires of our hearts, but that's not every whim that enters into your brain. I want McDonald's. I need it now. Give it to me now. I'm hungry. I want it now. God bless McDonald's, but you know what I'm talking about. God is looking for us to recognize, wake up and recognize the ploys of the enemy. He wants you to live with, with uh, two husbands, two wives, where, where you've got a bit of God and a bit of him because he knows that that compromise, that lukewarmness is going to cause you to end up in a terrible place. We need to be a people who read the word of God, who like it. Uh, you know, it, it says some pretty clear things in here. You start to read, people who do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That, that's in the New Testament. It's there. I encourage you to read it. You know, we've never been uh, ones who are legalistic and say, make rules and do this and do that. But I'm telling you, with, with seriousness, I, I believe the Lord is speaking to me and that he is giving you opportunity that is going to be more glorious than you've ever experienced. But it is going to require you to stand up and make a choice and not embrace the ways of the world, not, not embrace whatever your, the lust of the eyes might be calling out to you. Recognize that there is temptation, but he's given you power to overcome every temptation. Hallelujah. You're not bad because you, you go, oh, yeah, some chocolate would be really good. You're not bad because you, you feel the temptation. You have to recognize, hey, that's not me. That's not who I am. That's right. I have a new name. It's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Mm, thank you, God. You've given me power to escape every temptation. Hallelujah. I'm being mama, but it's because I love you. And I believe, I have a holy reverential fear of God, that if God starts speaking to me in dreams, I'm going to have to tell you something. Our God, our mighty God, is inviting us, I believe, into a 2016, like we have never even dreamt. 
There is more available to you, the bride of Christ, than you have ever understood. I believe there have been so many who have said no, that there is going to be so much glory that you are going to have to live continually at a place of recognizing your new identity just so you can carry the glory that he wants to reveal. You, he's got so much that there's not a day that you can afford to be ordinary. Ah. He is offering you, the, the enemy had come and offer you the world, but God comes and offers it to you too. And he says, hey, how about you and me? We go and shine the light of Christ. We go and bring the world to Jesus. Hallelujah. God has called you as the light of the world to arise and shine. But to arise means to arise out of the ashes, out of the depression, out of the discouragement, out of feeling overwhelmed. Shake it off. Begin to give thanks and begin to remind yourself. Thank you, God. I make a choice. It's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. I choose you, not the world. Hallelujah. And I thank you that I'm no longer fighting that, but I wrestle with the truth that, that I'm holding holding on to you. I'm going to hold on and believe for the blessing of the Lord, the fulfillment of his promises. What he has promised will come to pass. Hallelujah. I'm going to pick up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I'm going to take the promises of God and I'm going to declare them. Hallelujah. I believe that we've got to be a people as, as, um, as we step into this new year, that we do it very deliberately. We recognize that the enemy would love to try and just discourage you. He would love to try and uh, burst marriages apart. He'd love to try and um, separate people. He'd love to try and discourage you. He'd love to try and make you feel depressed and discouraged and want to just check out of life. But that's because you are the prize of God. You have a call and a destiny upon your life. You are called to be the light of the world everywhere you go. You are called to be more influential than you could ever understand. Hallelujah. God wants to use every little comment you make as the very words of the Lord, the very words of life that are going to overcome. Hallelujah. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. You, your, your simple comments when you know who you are can change the very atmosphere around you. Hallelujah. The invitation we are being given right now, I believe, is unprecedented in human history. God is releasing such harvest glory. When he says many are called, but few are chosen, it's because that there are very few who actually choose to come out from among them and be separate. There are very few who actually choose to count the cost and pay the price. You go, oh my God, Jesus paid it all. Yes, he did. And then he gave you a choice. Whether you, whether you willingly choose to deny yourself and take the cross and go with him, run with him, live his life, or whether you want to live for yourself. He gives us a choice, and that choice is to embrace the new identity of Christ. The, it, it, that choice is to embrace the power, the holiness, the glory, the destiny, the, uh, the anointing of Christ, or to live for ourselves, or to somehow try and straddle the two. It doesn't work out terribly well for the Laodiceans. Revelation chapter 3 talks about that. You might want to have a look. 
I believe God is wanting to bring us into a place where we become fiery hot for him. If you've been under assault and under attack, that's not because you've done something wrong. You know, the Bible says that uh, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him from them all. Hallelujah. He says, in this world you'll have troubles, but take heart because I've overcome the world. I make all things work together for the good of those who love me and are called according to my purpose. He says that for your former shame, pain, and disgrace, there will be double recompense. For anything you lay down, I'm going to give you 10, 20, 100 times more. Hallelujah. You cannot outgive God. You lay down your life. I tell you what, the life he gives you is just so much better. Be sober, be vigilant, for the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. It's true. People go, oh, I don't want that. I'm just going to not. I'm going to quit. I'm just not going to go to church for a while. I'm just going to, I think I might just give up on the God thing. I don't like all the warfare stuff. Hey, the enemy hates you, whether you're a Christian or you're not a Christian. If you're doing good stuff, you're just closer to the one that can protect you. If you are walking away from God, you are just a straggler that's an easy pickings for the enemy. Any rubbish doctrine that you've been taught, oh, you know, I don't want to be too fiery hot or I don't want to go after God because it'll give me a lot of attack. It's just ridiculous. You're going to be under a lot of attack because you were made in the image of God and you are special to God and the enemy knows it. He goes after you because he knows God loves you. And whether you are walking with him or not, he'd still come after you because he seeks to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But those who know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. Hallelujah. With long life, he will satisfy them and show them his salvation. He will surround you with his favor as with a shield. He will sing over you songs of deliverance. Hallelujah. He will make all things work together for your God. This is our God. But I'm asking you, even as you step into this new year, to be aware that there is a war going on around you. And it's because the enemy wants to steal your destiny. He wants to steal your identity. Because when you know who you are, and, that, and if you don't know who you are, I'm happy to tell you. If you've been born again, it means that it's no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives in you. What does Christ in you look like? What do people, how do people respond when you know that it's no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you? Pretty good. If you actually consciously reckon yourself dead, remind yourself, thank you, God. It's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Then you need to consciously lay hold of the truth. Thank you, Lord. Okay. When I get up, when I talk to people, I am going to be, I'm not going to be filled with myself and my problems. I'm not going to be dwelling on my stuff and my problems. I am kindness personified. I am patience. If God is love and it's no longer me who lives, but Christ, God who lives in me, then I am love. I am patience. I am kindness. I am. That is my definition. I am patience. I am kindness. I am long suffering. 
I keep no record of wrongs. Everybody that encounters me encounters him. Therefore, they experience unconditional love and perfect peace. They experience the answer to whatever they're walking through. Because that's who he is. That's who he is. Therefore, that's who you are. Hallelujah. If you've found yourself in that place where you've been wrestling and you've been discouraged and you've felt like one thing after another, another, and you've been tempted to give up, I want to give you this encouragement. God is about to give you a fresh revelation of your new identity because he's about to bring you into an upgrade. Hallelujah. An upgrade of authority and power. You're about to step into something new and glorious that is his destiny, his plan. There is a cost. It means you have to choose to reject what the world has to offer and to embrace all that he is. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, Father, we say yes. We agree. We say thank you for your goodness. Lord, I thank you that you give us power to make right choices. You give us wisdom. Father, I thank you that we have the mind of Christ. Father, I thank you for your goodness to us. Lord, I pray that you would speak to your people. You'd encourage them in dreams. You'd, in, you'd speak to them. Lord, that you'd speak to them through your word. Lord, that you'd encourage them to make right choices, good choices. Lord, that would lead them to life and wholeness. And that you would edify them and build them up. Lord, that you would help them, strengthen them. Help them understand that they're not battling in their own strength. But, Father, that you are their strength. Lord, let them live and walk in joy and peace and righteousness for your name's sake. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, we love you. (laughs) I feel like that's a very heavy word, but I have no choice but to deliver it. God has my attention, and I love you. So if I tell you something other than what I believe the Lord is saying, then I really am not walking in love. Amen. But I believe it's a divine invitation, a glorious opportunity. God wants to shake us up and remind us what first love looks like. That love that has no eyes but only for him. Thou my best thought by day or by night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence my light. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. And I ask um, Pastor Chris and Joel and uh, Sarah, if she's around, to come and help me. We're going to just pray for a couple of people. Welcome home, Murray. Had a good holiday? Lovely. Holy Spirit. I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit right now. Just before we do this, if you are... If you're in that place where you have seriously been under such attack that you've felt like giving up, I want you to stand because we're going to pray for you first. If you've been in that place, you know, this is just an attack. If you felt that you've been in that place, there's been so many people I know it. Feel free to stand up. We're going to pray for you right now. If you felt you've been in that place where I just want to give up, I've had so much going on. It's just been relentless. It feels like I just want to give up. Come on, just stand up. This is just, the enemy is no discriminator. He just hates you. So he's going after, I've I've felt it. And, And so that's why I'm sharing it. Feel free to stand if you've been in that place. 
Okay, now I want you to look around, see these people. I want you to put your hands on them and pray for them right now. In the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you for the mighty destiny and purpose, Lord, you've got on each one of them. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are about to bring them into new areas of breakthrough. Lord, that they're about to step into the greatest season, Lord, that they have ever seen. Father, for your glory, you are with them. Lord, I pray that you would encourage them and strengthen them, Lord, in the mighty and the holy name of Jesus. Lord, that we come again against this attack of the enemy and we break its hold we break its power lord right now in the name of jesus we declare freedom we declare hope <laughs> and i thank you lord that you are for them who can be against them lord i thank you for supernatural strength <laughs> in the mighty and the holy name of jesus thank you lord thank you jesus hallelujah you can be seated haha <laughs> you're in good company when you when you recognize when you recognize where it's coming from, it make it, it changes the game. Hallelujah! Yeah, okay. And you can rise up and you can fight the good fight of faith. Hallelujah! <laughs>